Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It is, in fact, a beautiful day. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. And happy, I hope, refreshed and revitalized energy going into a new year coming off of a year that's been difficult for so many. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. And by asking your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And every guest of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Obviously, I am neither Keyshawn uh, nor J. Will and, or Zubin, and, and neither is he. But we are going to get you through the next few hours. Mark Hertzlick, I'm Jason Fitz, and uh, we're having a little fun this morning. A lot of football in general over the course of this weekend. We got to a lot of NFL games that have incredible meaning, and uh, we'll continue to break those down. But today is the college football playoff, which you can listen to on ESPN Radio and you can watch on ESPN. Coverage begins on ESPN Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. And I'll do a uh, I'll do a shameless self-promotion here, Mark, if you'll allow me. Uh, you can watch in the ESPN app the digital countdown to the college football playoff with me, uh, Trevor Scales, Gary Streisky, Christine Williams, and the usual digital crew will be there at 3 p.m. Eastern. You can check that out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, in the ESPN app. So a lot of fun to be had today and a lot of college football talk to be had. Uh, we'll get to it in a second. Uh, first and foremost, any New Year's resolution? Like, are you a New Year's resolution guy? Uh, I, I traditionally am, and I'm traditionally not very good at it. Um, you know, this year, it, New Year's resolution this year, getting kind of getting back in in my Bible study a little bit. And that, that's gone by the wayside last year, but I have to get back to it. That's good. Being healthier is always a good one. You always like people always say healthy, but Mark, like, let's be real. You look like you could still like suit up and play if you wanted. So, like, you know, what do you do when you already have abs? And most people have a New Year's resolution to get abs. Like, I, I don't even know what to do with that. So, you know, I'm I'm not a big resolution guy, honestly. I'm mostly just a like a determined person year round. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's not not really a thing. I think the key for everybody today is to realize that just because 2020 ended doesn't mean the issues of 2020 have ended. But it also Correct. doesn't mean that we can't come into the the year with some positive mindset around how we can get through this together uh, as people, as friends, as families, and uh, as a world. So that's my, I guess that's my hope. I don't really have a resolution. I just hope yeah. that everybody understands we still need to be uh, very conscious about how we're acting and what we're doing, and uh, hopefully we can all get through it together. In you the know meantime, my, you know, ahead. my wife does that. She's kind of cool. She has a word. She has a word that she uses for the year of something just to remind her what she's grounded in, right? So, like, uh, last year, it was like, Resilience, and then you know I don't know what this year is for, her, but why not? Why not unity, right? Yeah. Maybe let's maybe let's talk about unity for this country. Why not have that be your word? That might be nice. Uh, look, you just sold me on it. I'm all in for it. <laughs> uh, so uh, obviously today is a big day in college football, and there are two games going on: uh, the Rose Bowl presented by Capital One. That's the one that's out of Arlington this year. Remember, they moved the location. Uh, because of COVID. Uh, so number one, Alabama taking on number four, Notre Dame there. And then the All-State Sugar Bowl in, down in New Orleans, that's Clemson taking on Ohio State, number two versus number three. Now, at, we've broken down the games a little bit. We'll continue to do that. And I know that there's been argument ad nauseum about playoff expansion, but I think today's probably a pretty good day to look at it because I asked Peter Burns earlier the question on Monday, are we going to be saying that A&M should be in? I didn't ask that because I necessarily think Texas A&M is going to, to would, would make a difference in this, but I'm afraid that we might get two games that uh, end up a little lopsided and a reminder of how good the Bama and Clemson are, and then we're going to get a national championship that is the same that we've had every year. I don't have a problem with that, but if we're going to do that, then the process needs to be as amazing as possible, and mm-hmm. I've always been a four-teams-in guy, Mark, but I think this year has really changed my mindset on that. Where, As a former player, where are you on college football playoff expansion? 
Well, I think it's going to affect a, a small number of teams regardless, right? It'll still be the top teams that are getting in. However, I like the idea of expansion because what it does is it makes the college football playoffs, the actual playoffs, more exciting. I mean, this year, ideally, I think this first round, people would love to have a back-to-back matchup of Alabama versus Clemson and then Ohio State versus Notre Dame. You just feel like those would be two better games if those were the matchups. But then the problem is you feel like you don't have the two best teams playing in the championship game. What expanding the playoffs would do is allow more of those really good matchups because I think that just the way things go and the recruiting numbers and just you're still going to get the best players going to the best schools, right? I mean, it's kind of like in, in Major League Baseball where you, where you don't have you know franchises that just have way more money and they're able to get better players. It's same type of thing right now in college football where the best players are going to still go to Alabama and Clemson. So, you know, to me, if you expand the playoffs, not only do you allow a chance for a group of five team to get in, maybe maybe even you just have the highest rated overall group of five get in just automatically. So there's always one. Uh, and then you get really the winner of each um, Power Five conference in there. And then, you know, a couple, um, you know, a wild card or whatever you want to call them, um, teams get in there too. So, I mean, I think it could be, awesome to expand you get a lot more competitive games uh, for me this is a nostalgic day and you know for anybody that doesn't know i'm 43 right so i think matthew i'm you don't 43. look it thank you, you, I mean, so you look much. fantastic I, I appreciate that uh, i've gotten to that spot where people now add to your age that you, you look you look great for your age like that's where well, that's where i am the question uh, though question though sorry digress you're 43 and people say you're but do people like when you're 30 like man you look great for your age because i feel like i think they did probably for you i think they you know People have always thought I was young. Like, I, there you I, go. I, yeah, I, 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 I got, my dad got good genes. I gave me good genes. My dad's a young-looking guy. Uh, so, you know, for me, growing up as a kid, this day, New Year's Day, was significant. Because I didn't grow up, even though so much of my work now is in college football, I didn't grow up a college football fan in Vegas. Like, mm-hmm. it's just on the West Coast, it wasn't a big deal when I was a kid. But New Year's Day was still the day that you sat down and you watched every bowl game. Because you saw matchups you weren't going to see anywhere. And bowl games had tremendous relevance. Now, we've obviously seen one of the effects of the college football playoff is that, uh, realistically, bowl games just have less punch. Many of them have less sort of uh, power and emphasis behind them because the meaning isn't the same with them. So part of my mind turns around and says, what are we looking for? Because in certain sports, like the NFL's objective is not to crown the best team. The, the NFL's objective is to uh, have an exciting product that gives everybody a chance at the Super Bowl. Look no further than when the Patriots were undefeated and most of America was rooting against them in the Super Bowl, right? Like, we're not looking to reward yeah. excellence in the NFL. <clears throat> the college football playoff system is meant to give us the four best teams and ultimately the hope is the best champion. I think most of the time they get it right with the best champion particularly. It just doesn't have as much excitement because there are so few teams. So the two trickle-down effects from expansion that I think are important is, number one, you mentioned recruiting. I do think that over the years it would broaden out the ability for some schools to get better recruits and spread some of that out. If you knew as a recruit that going to USC would still give you a shot at the Pac-12 championship, which gives you a shot at the playoffs, right? Like there's all of these these trickle-down effects. The other is that like I keep looking at the AAC and like the money that's been spent by Cincinnati mm-hmm. and UCF in Memphis like you're talking about you're asking these schools to spend millions of dollars to build their programs 
For what? Like at, th- at this point, Cincinnati's going to go to their alumni and try and raise more money. I'm sure to keep Luke Fickle happy. And if I'm alumni and there, I'm like, for what? Like we go undefeated, we're not getting in the college football playoff. We don't even get that chance to have that big statement. They get a game against Georgia this weekend, but let's be real: if they beat Georgia, how many people are going to come out and say, "Well, you know, Georgia wasn't really trying." So, like at some point, no college football playoff expansion means we're asking a lot of schools to pay a lot of money for college football that don't really have. The- the same impact and emphasis to the end of their season, even without a championship. Yeah, no, and you're right. And I think there's definitely that concern, but it's also to just the expectation. It, it isn't until you know recently where Cincinnati fans are like, "Look, now our expectation is to go to the college football playoffs." You know, before it was like, "Let's have a productive season. Let's win the the AAC." It just, I think that as teams continue to grow and as teams continue to separate themselves from the rest of their conference, you're going to get more and more expectations of making those playoffs. And I think financially, too, for, for some of these group of five schools, I mean, expansion and the amount of dollars that will come into your conference, if you are one of those teams in the college football playoffs, I mean, it's astronomical. And it can really help improve facilities, you know, pay for these coaches. So I think I think you're right. I mean, Expansion would be fantastic, not only just because, yes, I think we'll still get the best team winning the championship, but you're going to have better games on the way to it. And I think that that's what's lacking in bowl season right now is picking matchups that will make good TV, good football, um, rather than being tied to conferences uh, and trying to shoe in whoever falls next on the totem pole. Don't forget the college football playoffs on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Coverage begins on ESPN Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. All right. Jets fans, New York, I'm going to give you a message of hope, and I'm going to tell you why having the first overall pick and using it on a quarterback means nothing. We'll do that next. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He's Mark Hertzlick. I'm Jason Fitz. We're in for the guys on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/morning code morning for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. One, two. Second down, Fields. It's intercepted. One, six. And the Tigers are not going to be dethroned tonight. Looking back on it, it was really just heartbreak. Don't want to feel like that again. We had a heck of a game with them last year, and doubt it'll be anything different. Spins it, gets to the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Every game for us is a statement. We deserve to be in the playoff. Oh, the guys are flexing. Yes, that'll be a quick study for us. There's only six games. So. What was your first reaction when you saw the matchup? This could be one of the greatest stories in the history of college football. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. And by asking your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio, we're presented by Progressive Insurance and all of the guests for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Whoa, you knew at some point I was going to forget how to look, forget how to read. Mark Hertzlick, I'm Jason Fitz. It's, it's a tradition for me, Mark. Like I, When I sit in this chair at some point in every show, I forget how to read. So it's a, it seems like a basic and important tenant to do this for a living. So, yeah. I'll uh, forget how to talk at some point, too. So we'll, we'll go back and forth. It'll that's be nice. part of our charm. Like It's, it's New Year's <laughs> Day. Look, I, everybody's just sort of groggily waking up. Uh, one person that needs to have a big New Year's Day is Justin Fields. And uh, I think we can talk all day long about what we expect from Clemson and Ohio State today. But Justin Fields isn't just about Clemson and Ohio State. Justin Fields today and the way he looks is also about the NFL draft. There's a lot of importance that comes with it today. And I, I think that's why, you know, you would say that uh, there's pressure on him more so than anybody else, right? Yeah, when you look at, you know, you try to say, okay, you know, who has the most to prove in, in any of these matchups? And usually we're talking teams, right? And, you know, Brian Kelly came out famously saying that, or notoriously, however you want to look at it, uh, that, you know, Notre Dame doesn't feel like they have to prove anything. You know, they're Notre Dame. And maybe you're right, but I think Justin Fields, after the last performance in that Big Ten title game, you know, only throwing for, for under 150 yards, not, not really being effective, uh, not consistent at all with his throws either. A lot of times, whether it's right or not, you look at your latest performance and it has a huge effect on the way uh, people view your, your play and, and what you're able to do. And so I think Justin Fields, you know, in order to stay up towards the top of the, the draft list where you know he entered just this short six-game season as the number two quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence, now you know, I don't know if he's there, right? But a huge performance, whether he his team wins or loses – could go a long way to solidifying himself as a clear number two quarterback off the board in this upcoming draft. That's the hardest part of the conversation is like, what does all of this mean for everybody after Trevor Lawrence? And I know everybody listening to New York is is at some point heartbroken that they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. To that, I would say it's not a big deal. And I realize that that doesn't sound uh, normal to anybody. What? what do you mean it's not a big it's deal? It's not a big deal. It's not like the numbers right now don't show that it's a big deal to have a quarterback that you selected first overall. In fact, I did a Google search. Follow me here. Yes. So, and, and I looked at several, but we're just going to pick one. And I don't want to get into the schematics of how accurate their rankings are. It's the general purpose of what I'm saying. So, like, for example, there's one website, Pro Football Network, that every week ranks the, the power rankings of quarterbacks so far this year. Again, doesn't really matter the minutia of it, but I'll go quickly through their list. Aaron Rodgers, one. Patrick Mahomes, two. Josh Allen, three. Russell Wilson, four. Deshaun Watson, five. Notice the theme so far? Yeah. Tom Brady, six. Ryan Tannehill, seven. Phillip Rivers, eight. Justin Herbert, nine. 
Kyler Murray 10. You got to get all the way to number 10 to find. Now, I understand that Trevor Lawrence looks like he's going to be absolutely incredible, just like Joe Burrow, a, a person that I thought coming in deserved more credit, even if it was just one year. And better it looks than, like he's better gonna, than Burrow, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, you think Kyler Sorry. Murray's better than Burrow? Or no, you no, think. No, no, no. Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, substantially. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I do believe that Trevor Lawrence is a transcendent talent. What I'm saying, though, is I don't believe that you can only get a quarterback at number one overall that's transcendent. You just got to do your homework and you got to get it right. I mean, you can go up and down the list right now. In fact, uh, uh, multiple ones that you've looked at, I can look at across the, the league. Uh, if you rank the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL, there's about two that were first overall. Like, that's a statement to the fact that quarterbacks are there to be had. It's just teams miss more often than they're right at the quarterback position. So if you're a Jets fan, you're watching in tonight's game to see what Justin Fields is capable of, but I don't believe that you're looking at it saying all is lost either way if you can't get Trevor Lawrence. The the, the other side of that argument, though, is that it could be the reason is just because there's it's so rare to have that good of a quarterback. I mean, I think that's the other part of it, too, is should you be more upset if you're the Jets fans saying, man, this is not only just a once in a year, like we have the number one pick, we get the, you know a really good quarterback, the best quarterback in this draft, he could, I mean, he could potentially be the best quarterback in the draft. I, mean, I date back I don't know, for till Andrew since Andrew Luck, maybe. I mean, you know, he's a guy that you talk about transcending uh, player. I mean, he is w- exactly what you draw up. Like if you're b- to build a Madden character or or NCAA 2021, if that still game was still out and you're building a character. It would be Trevor Lawrence. Like that's the guy that you would build and that you would put your name on the back of his jersey so when he runs around on the field you think that you're awesome. I mean, that's the type of guy and Jets fans uh, you know they, they're mad for a reason, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, there's but, other but, quarterbacks. Yeah, there there are other quarterbacks, but that's the one you wanted. Yeah, right? but still it's still a trash roster though. Like that's the other True. part of it. Like yeah. I if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Jets, they win four games. I, I, I'm sorry. like They're not a good football team. So you've got to look at it at some point and say we have two objectives. One, can we find the right quarterback? Two, can we build an entire roster around him? And, and everybody looks at Mahomes as a great example of, of, of the guy, right? And when you think about it, Mahomes went into a situation where he didn't have to start year one. He has a spectacular coach that was able to look at it and say, how can I get the right pieces? How can I build something? And then insert a transcendent talent in the middle of it. Everybody thinks that the the answer is drafting Patrick Mahomes. No, the answer is drafting Patrick Mahomes, getting a full roster that's incredible, and having a coach that knows how to maximize it. Like, it's no one piece. So if, if you're a fan of a team, I understand that quarterback position particularly gives you hope. But if you're the Texans, you're looking around saying, hey, we got a quarterback that is almost at that level of Mahomes with Deshaun Watson. And what's it gotten us this year when the roster around it is absolute junk? That's the pro- That's where the Jets are. If I'm the Jets, I'm looking at it and saying, hey, maybe Maybe the answer is to, you know, see, you hope Justin Fields turns out to be transcendent so somebody will pay a bounty for it. You can get even more picks and try and rebuild your entire team. I think we become too focused on one position at the quarterback as being the savior when, in fact, all the quarterback does is give you hope to reach mediocrity. Yeah, but mediocrity is something that the Jets currently don't even have. <laughs> I, I, think, you know, I think you're right. I think, you, you know, you need... You need a full team, and that you can't win a Super Bowl. You can't, you know, go far in the playoffs without a full team. However, you also can't win a Super Bowl without a franchise quarterback. I mean, it's been done before, but you know, it just doesn't usually happen, and, and it doesn't give you the best chance. So, 
you know, to me, you establish that piece. You know, you try to protect him. You, you keep him healthy for as long as you can until you can rebuild those pieces. But yeah, do you? Yeah. Uh, and you say you can't win a Super Bowl. Uh, you obviously, I mean, you you have Super Bowl experience, right? Yeah. Uh, so we'll go back to like I'll take a mid level quarterback. I can't imagine. I'll just pick a name out of a hat of a mid level or any random Derek Carr. All right. Yeah. So can you put Derek Carr, uh, my beloved Raiders? You put Derek Carr on the Kansas City Chiefs with that roster. You think he can win a Super Bowl? No. Really? I don't think so. And I, I like Derek Carr, and I think he's a pretty good player. But I think the the you can get a great team. Well, first of all, you know, this is this is Kansas City. They're they are a spectacular team. I think Patrick Mahomes makes them go. But you get you can get a great team and have a pretty good quarterback and win a Super Bowl. You can have a pretty good team and have a great quarterback and win a Super Bowl. And to me, the second one is the easier one to do. Right, you can get a great quarterback and keep him on your roster for twenty years, and then you have a pretty good team around him, and you have chances every single year to go win a Super Bowl. the 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 idea that you can have a great football team, a great nucleus of starters for more than three years at a time, I mean, it just doesn't happen right now, just because of the turnover. So you get the quarterback first, and then you build the rest of the team, and that's. You, know, you don't want to get him hurt or anything, but that to me that is the key to, you know, turning any of these really bad franchises, traditionally bad franchises, around. I am adult enough to to admit when I've uh, when I've had a point that changes my mindset on it. Your point that it's easier to build an entire team, uh, you know, it's easier to build one to get one draft pick right than get you know essentially twenty two starters. That's that's a valid point. Like I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like. You know, you got to hit a lot of home runs if you don't hit a home run with the quarterback position. That is a very, yeah. from a talent uh, analysis acquisition process, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, Todd McShay, ESPN draft expert, was on this very show, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, and he talked about where he has Justin Fields in his draft rankings. It just turns out that it, 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 we have another really good quarterback class. Trevor Lawrence is in a stratosphere of his own, and then you've got You've got Zach Wilson, who's, who's really moved up and, and has played really well this year after having some injuries last year with his uh, thumb and shoulder. And, and I, I, just, I think he has a chance to be a really good pro as well. Justin Fields is going to be a good pro. Mac Jones has helped himself, the Alabama quarterback. Um, and and, and um, Trey Lance, the, the North Dakota State quarterback, got that one strange game that they played this year. And, and didn't play all that well, but he's he's supremely talented as well. So I think those are the five guys that have a legitimate chance to go in the first round. Now, all of that for Todd, he's saying he's got Justin Fields in as his number three quarterback. And I, I think in, in my mindset, maybe the best situation for the Jets would be for there not to be a huge difference between Justin Fields by the time they're done on their draft board and let's say Kyle Trask or, or you know Mac Jones. Like Maybe there's not a big difference between that. They can still acquire more picks if they need to. They can take the best player on the board. Like There's a there's a very simple concept and, and I'll admit, like for anybody that's already, I'm sure, outraged by my concepts, uh, I'm, I'm the first to admit that once you've watched Jamarcus Russell, as I did as a fan, you realize nothing is a sure thing. So what I want for my my favorite team every single year is to take the single best player that's transcendent on the board when they're there, not get cute, not overreach, and just take somebody that everybody's not scratching their head at. Like, it's a very simple concept, yeah. but it, it, at the same time, it's not. So, for me, I think what it comes down to for the Jets is what's the difference between Fields and one of the other guys that may be available later in the draft? 
Yeah, and that is <clears throat> that is to be proven, right? I think that you look at the film, he, he obviously he can have games where he is just fantastic. And I think that that becomes even more frustrating in the NFL when you have really good games and really bad games, right? Because a really bad game in the NFL, you throw two picks in a game, you, you don't win the game. You can get away with that in college football in certain times where you know your defense is getting a lot of turnovers, but, I mean, you can't count on defensively creating three turnovers a game. You just can't do it. And so I think that what Justin Fields brings is that dynamic, mobile, dual-threat quarterback that has a really good arm, really good run, and he's very smart. He has all the intangibles that you can want out of a quarterback, but there is always the question of, like, is it going to turn out okay? Right? And I don't – I think that there's one player in this draft – There's a few players over the past couple drafts that you point to said, look, I know this guy's going to be good, right? Saquon Barkley, you just knew he was going to be good, right? Chase Trevor Lawrence is the same, right? That's To me, that's how you look at it. Yeah, let's take the best available at the time of our draft position unless there's a some guy who's a unicorn. You find a unicorn and you take the unicorn regardless of maybe you have someone ranked a little bit higher than him at a different position. Well, and you're right. The Trevor Lawrence feels like a sure thing, and that's the one thing you want when you're picking at the top of the draft. Gourmet Chef, Chef Kev says on Twitter to me, remember when my Bears went to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman versus Peyton Manning? This is why you need a franchise quarterback to win the big game. I get it, but let's also acknowledge the fact that, you know, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl over Tom Brady's. Like, there's no one yep. method that gets it done. So uh, it's going to be an interesting debate and a reason for Jets fans to continue to watch uh, today's games to see what Justin Fields looks like. Because if he looks lights out and manages to turn around and beat Trevor Lawrence, they, uh, things will get fired up. All right, oh, yeah. coming up, how one loss could be huge for the Packers. We'll talk about this at that after SportsCenter. And this right is the here, coaches for both teams desperately trying to keep things these teams apart. Those are real punches being thrown. That's, I mean, it's dangerous. I mean, that those, these are strong men hitting each other as hard as they can with no helmets on. What kicked in the face? What was this great actual kick in the face? Chris Cotter and the incredible Mark Hertzlick on the call on ESPN at SportsCenter. And we start with moments after Mississippi State's 28-26 win against Tulsa. It got heated. A massive brawl on the field. Players exchanging punches, kicks. Both Tulsa and its conference, the AAC, said it would review what happened and hand out discipline if warranted. If they don't decide that discipline is warranted, I would love to know what it takes for discipline to happen. Next up on SportsCenter, get a little NBA action here. John Wall playing in his first NBA game since 2018. 22 points, 9 assists. The Rockets get the win, 122-119 over the Kings on Thursday night. And lastly on SportsCenter, a little NFL injury update. The Packers have lost David Bakhtiari to what is believed to be a season-ending torn ACL suffered in practice on Thursday. A source told ESPN the Packers had added Bakhtiari to the injury report after Thursday's practice. Of course, he's their all-pro left tackle and was rewarded recently with a much-deserved mega deal. So it's a huge blow for the Packers Sports Center presented by Progressive Insurance and Progressive they're making things even easier they'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both learn more at progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE that's your Sports Center update it's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio the ESPN app and on your smart speakers he's Mark Hertzlick 
Still incredible. Even though yesterday was incredible, you're incredible this morning. I'm Jason Fitz on our New Year's Day edition. Uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And we just gave you the big news out of the NFL, and it's injury news from a practice. That's the worst-case scenario for every individual that plays the game uh, to have an injury. But then to have it uh, from practice is just uh, such a gut-wrenching blow. They lose Bakhtiari. It's uh, presumed that he's out for the season. So, uh, obviously, for a Packers team that feels like they have a shot at the Super Bowl, this is a massive blow, Mark. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And, you know, we talk about the tackle position, and you almost don't – you want to not mention him, right? That's the type of guy, you, if he doesn't make the broadcast, he's doing his job because that means he hasn't given up any pressure. And Bakhtiari is one of those guys uh, that – it's kind of the opposite. He's become a household name just because he's that good. He's that good at an offensive lineman that we know who he is. He looks like an absolute monster, too, with his long hair hanging out the back of his helmet. But Aaron Rodgers is not going to have that protection piece. And that makes a huge difference when you go against some of these elite pass rushers. And that's what you get in the playoffs is you get guys that have studied your entire season. They know when you're going to pass it. They know your weaknesses. And these pass rushers are going to – they're going to salivate over the fact that there's a non a starting blindside blocker for Aaron Rodgers, and it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to overcome for Green Bay. So let's let's get to the important thing here with the hair, because I got to ask. I mean, when you've got that much hair coming out of your jersey, like it doesn't that it seems like a liability to me. Like somebody's going to grab onto it. Getting your hair pulled does not feel good in that sort of situation. Like, is there a moment where you just look at it and say, why add some level of pain to a game that's already painful? Yeah, it's kind of like when you don't wear sleeves outside in January and you're like, I'm just, I'm going to be a tough guy and, <laughs> and I can deal with the cold. Well, that cold hurts regardless of how tough you are. And um, I think that you know, these guys with the long hair hang out of the back of the helmet. I mean, if, if my hair could do that, maybe I'd do that too. I mean, I think it's a pretty fun look. And you, you Did look you good. ever you, have long hair? You, I mean, you look it? good, you play good. Oh, I had. I know, I had, you had the mohawk, but like. I, it, curly, curly afro. I mean, really? when I, if I grew my hair out like that long. It, I have some pictures from high school. I look. It looked like it was in the 1960s. It just was like an afro uh, all the way out there, like three inches extended. It was. It, it's good looks. So that, that's long cool. Hair. Long hair. Like I had long hair for a while, and it was sort of wavy, and not. It was. It, it was. It just wasn't my favorite. And uh, much like you, although when I had a mohawk, it was hot pink. I did a mohawk oh, nice. for a while, and I, I actually bleached it blonde so that when I was playing shows, I could make it match the color of my tie. Yes, of so course. Like pink and pink and blue and blue. I was fashion. Okay, so let's get Bring into. It back. Bring <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I'm not already an idiot. Come on now. Uh, by the way, beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greeny, immediately following this one. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day uh, as only he can. Have the newsmakers you'd expect and interact with you every single day. From Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, right into Greeny. That's weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. And that starts January 5th, 10 a.m. Eastern. You'll start hearing Greeny at that time. So uh, in, in the meantime, this is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He's Mark Hertzlick. I'm Jason Fitz. And there's an interesting conversation that comes off of the Bakhtiari injury. Let's say it's a, it inspires a conversation because the NFL Players Association yesterday said that essentially, hey, the product has been good and this is proof that we don't need to have an offseason program the way we've had in the past. Now, you were, uh, to be clear for everybody, you were the treasurer for the NFLPA. So you have a lot of NFL Players Association uh, familiarity. I would love to just ask you about this, but before we do there, I'm going to make a bold statement as someone that never played the game. How can we say the product has been good when defense was wretched the first half of the season? Like There was this moment where football looked clunky for many teams for the first six, seven weeks. Are we just going to forgive clunky football because no offseason program? Come on. (laughs) Come on. So I'll say this in response to that 
bold prediction. Um, I think a lot of that clunky football uh, was more so pandemic-related rather than maybe lack of OTA-related. That's coming from a player who wouldn't mind not having OTAs in the offseason. You know, <laughs> and that's completely going to – I'm going to admit that right off the bat. But you know, the first time we saw this happen was after the, the lockout in 2010 where – you know, there were no spring practice, there were no OTAs, there was none of that, and you know, we came back to the season right when training camp started, and that was my rookie year there, and it, yeah, we thought that the product was pretty good on the field. I mean, when you look back to that year, that was the year that uh, the Giants, which I was on this team, uh, went to the Super Bowl, beat the Patriots in Indianapolis, and um, you know, there was time. There, I mean, there was time to prepare, there was time to get ready, and I don't think there was a ton of you know, lacking of tackling or anything. Now this year has been sloppy, but people, I think where maybe the the bias is, people just want to see offensive football. I think you're right. People understand bad football and bad tackling. You want good offense explosion, but you want good tackling and people to be able to make some plays. So um, all that being said is getting back to what J.C. Treaders, the president of the NFLPA, talked about, about eliminating those uh, – I think it's about health and safety. And, you know, we talk about Bakhtiari and his injury and just every single rep, every single practice, every single week that you are uh, playing this sport, you know, there's opportunity to get injured. You know, not a ton of opportunity during uh, that spring ball. Co- usually coaches are pretty good about it, but eliminating that would eliminate the number of, of just snaps, number of days in the weight room uh, that these guys had. And, I think it could really uh, be beneficial towards the players. Obviously, the coaches do not want it at all, but they are not a part of any of the negotiation process anymore, um, as they used to be kind of a part of the NFLPA, but not anymore. And this has been a discussion that's been going on for a long time, and it, it's kind of interesting to see J.C. Treader come out with it now after you know this year that we have had, and we will you know, see a playoffs and we'll see a Super Bowl. But quickly, I got to say, right now in the CBA, there's a limit of 16 padded practices in camp, no more than three in a row. And once the season starts, there's a limit on how many padded practices can happen throughout the course of the year. You you talk about tackling. If you are a fan watching a team that tackles poorly, if you're a fan that's watching a team that's fundamentally bad, how do they have a shot at getting fundamentally better? I realize that they've got new techniques and ways that they supposedly can practice, but we see miscommunication on defense all the time. We see bad angles all the time. We see bad tackling all the time, and we've just sort of accepted the fact that it's like Big 12 defense playing in the NFL on Sundays. I, I, I struggle to see right now, while while health and safety is always going to be number one for, for teams, I'm concerned that overall, if you eliminate these things, what you're going to do is you're going to create more issues of bad communication, bad tackling, and bad fundamentals because it never gets worked on. Plus, we always hear coaches say that what they're worried about is time that players are away doing whatever they may be doing and outside of the structure. You're only adding more of that as well. So it feels like if I'm a coach, I'm I'm livid. If I'm a fan, I'm I'm at least worried. If I'm a fan of a bad team that never seems to get those things right, I'm worried about it. We'll, we'll keep the conversation going. we got to move on. Uh, don't forget uh, the college football playoff today. ESPN, ESPN Radio coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern. And speaking of that, we'll go directly to one of the uh, sites and we'll find out what the atmosphere is like around the college football semifinal. We'll do it after this word from Straight Talk. we got to get you some Straight Talk. Look, we all drop our phones. Me at an alarming rate. Like, it is, it's, it's unusual. And it happens. You fumble it, you crack it, you splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new platinum unlimited plan. 
that includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and data, plus 20 gigs of hotspot and 100 gigs of cloud storage and more, all on the best networks. You're using the same networks as everybody else. It's Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. We'll get some straight talk directly from the site of the college football playoff semifinals next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. The people who played 10 or 11 games had to survive the grind. That's grit. Keep going. Keep fighting through it. Let's go, man. Just focus on what you got to do to get better. When you get to this point in the season, it's not about what you've done. It's about how you finish. We're on a mission, and that's to win a national championship. We're right where we want to be, but at the same time, we have a long way to go. You don't want to just get this far. You want to keep on going. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on your smart speakers. All you got to do is say, play ESPN Radio. Super simple. Obviously, this is not the voice of Keyshawn, J. Will, or Zubin. <laughs> I'm Jason Fitz, hanging out with Mark Hersley. You know what, Mark? Like, I've, did you change? Mark yep. changed. Like during the break, he said, "I'll be right back." And now all of a sudden, t-shirt. Like you're in, you're in your house. Like, was it too oh, yeah. warm? Or it got warm. So my office is in a section of the house that just not a lot of ventilation, not a lot of windows. So the heat comes in and stays in. And before I started dripping from my forehead, I had to take my sweatshirt off. Look, so- I, I appreciate that. And and in full transparency. Uh, this is the beginning of a very long day. Uh, you can check out the college from the countdown to the college football playoff digitally today at 3 p.m., by the way, uh, on the ESPN app and all your social media platforms, which I'm hosting. So I had another layer on top of this. Like I had a jacket on top of the hoodie on top of the shirt, like yeah, yeah. going the layered look. I got in the studio and I forgot how how hot the studio is. But right. it's your house. Well, you should be. I, I mean, change what? Well, Yes, but you know we go we go certainly you know, we have some some, some short segments there was some long segments so during that twenty minute segment I I just didn't have time to get up and change the thermostat but I I since have so you may see the sweatshirt back who knows I mean it's it's a multi outfit morning for Mark Hertzlick today this is the type of content you can only get from Mark Hertzlick and Jason Fitz sitting in for Keyshawn J Will and Zubin all right Allison Williams ESPN college football reporter going to join us now on the Goodyear Hotline brought to you by Goodyear helping you discover the road ahead Goodyear more driven Allison thanks so much for the time this morning you're covering the rose bowl uh, obviously presented by capital one an interesting time though for the rose bowl to be in arlington so what sort of what's the vibe around 
a, a, a bowl game that's named after, you know, we're used to it being in California, but it is not there at all. Well, first of all, guys, I want you to know it's a multiple outfit day for me as well. There you uh, go. <laughs> game day and then the game night, so I, I'm with you. Um, yeah, it's a different vibe. You know, I was curious kind of going into this what it would be like, uh, if it would feel any tempered at all because of the just the grandeur and the prestige of the Rose Bowl. Um, and I think a lot of that is the location and the beauty in which it's played there in Pasadena. Um but honestly, I didn't get that sense at all. I think they've done a really good job of still trying to to create this similar experience for these players. They arrived and they got all of the roses and um, the, the the banners and so forth within the stadium. The logo at the midfield will have that feel. Um, plus, the fact that it's 2020 and you're not going out there a week ahead of time anyway. I mean, Notre Dame got here two days ago. Alabama got here last night. I mean, they walked into the stadium for all of four minutes, maybe, literally took some pictures, took some videos, looked around, and left. So you don't have that bowl game experience anyway. So I think the fact that it is here in Arlington and not in Pasadena isn't as big of a deal um, as it would be, I would say, in a normal year. But in a normal year, it wouldn't be here. So I do think the fact that they come in late, it's not a same bowl game experience wherever you are this year because of the circumstances uh, have changed it. And then I also, you know, Notre Dame, it was important to them. Brian Kelly mentioned it before they even knew they were in the playoff. They wanted to play in front of their family. They haven't gone home since football started. So this is really the only time that players get to see their family. And it was really important to him that they be here to support his guys. So it's, it's all come together well. I know the Rose Bowl Committee is super appreciative of everybody with the Cotton Bowl that help pull this off and everybody with Cowboy Stadium and all that. So um, I think it's going to be a great experience and a great game. And Allison, when you, when you look at the game just in general and what it means to both these teams, Brian Kelly, you know, he had audio of him saying, look, we don't have anything to prove in this game. Do you buy that? Or do you think, look, it's it's something really important for Notre Dame to prove that not only do they belong in the top ten, but you know, a top-tier program that compete with these, these, uh, these powerhouses in Alabama and Clemson. Yeah, I mean, I think he's tried to to ignore the narrative, but the fact that he's had to address it, you know that there's something to it. Um, he knows his record in these bowl games, mm. and it's not good. You know, they're 0-6 in their last BCS and New Year's Six Bowls. So there's something to achieve. I don't know if there's, you know, if they see there's something to prove, but they definitely know there's a, a lot left for this program to achieve. And I think for for me, the sense I get from like Brian Kelly is it's all, it'll almost be a validation of what he has done and the changes he has made since they played Alabama in the national championship in 2013. Mm. He really focused on retooling his program and rebuilding his program in a different, more physical way from the inside out. And it was because they were 12-0 and that year, and then they went down and they got absolutely manhandled by Alabama. And they weren't physical enough. He's been building it since then. It obviously did not work, you know, in 2018 against Clemson, but he says he's even, they're even more physical than then. So he believes they can match up better physically with an Alabama now than they could three, four years ago. And we'll get to see if that's indeed the case tonight. We're talking to Allison Williams, ESPN College football reporter. She's covering the Rose Bowl. Uh, Alabama obviously beat Florida, but it was a game that looked like it was going to be an absolute demolition in the first half. And then things got really hairy in the second half. So is there any lingering effect in your mind? Did that, did the way that game end impact anything that we'll see today? 
Um, it's hard to say if it impacted anything, but I think it gives hope for, for Notre Dame. I know sitting with Todd Blackledge over the last few days, there are things that he saw in that game that Notre Dame can potentially take advantage of against Alabama's defense, and they both utilize their tight ends very well. Um, there's some similarities there for sure. Alabama's going to do what Alabama does. I mean, that's just the way they are. They're, they're good enough to do that. It's like, yeah, that's what we're going to run, and good luck beating us because we're better than you. <laughs> so I, I don't know how much it changes what Alabama does. I'm sure there's some things they'll shore up and try to adjust specifically when it comes to, to guarding their tight ends and stuff. Um, but I think it, it was a sign that, yeah, you know what, maybe there are a few different ways we could attack this Alabama defense and have some success if you're Notre Dame. Allison, as always, we appreciate your time early this morning getting on. Have a great uh, have a great game, and thanks so much for the insight. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Allison Williams, Williams, ESPN college football reporter, join us on the Goodyear Hotline. And you know, she just mentioned some of the weapons, and it's a you know, it's a, a, a important point here, Mark. I mean, Kadarius Tony, eight catches for a buck fifty three. Kyle Pitts, seven catches for a buck twenty nine. I mean, those are you've got a dynamic wide receiver, a dynamic tight end that are doing damage. At least, if you're a Notre Dame fan, you believe that you may also have a dynamic wide receiver and a dynamic tight end that can do damage. Yeah, you do. And you know, Ben Skoranek has been so big, transferred in from Northwestern, obviously. And you know, I, I say he's been so big, and I mean his presence on the field, but also just his body. I mean, he's a six-five big wide receiver. He, you know, there's not a ton of speed on the outside, but there's a lot of size that, in, in terms of players who are going to catch the football. So. You know, if Ian Book can put the ball in the right spot on a lot of these comebacks, spot routes, and use those tight ends, those big bodies, I mean, that's how they have to move the ball down the field. Yeah, and that, it's such an interesting difference, and you make a great point about the size. I mean, you're talking about a different type of mismatch, and I'll say that I, in my mind, nobody creates the mismatch size and speed that Kyle Pitts creates, uh, you know, at that position, the tight end position specifically. So I don't think it's uh, necessarily apples to apples to think Florida had success, so Notre Dame can, but at least there have been a few times this year we've seen the Alabama defense be a little susceptible. So if you're, if you're a Notre Dame fan or a Golic Jr. waking up this morning, uh, that's going to, that, like, that's part of your season of hope. Anyway, coming up next, how Notre Dame's blowout loss to Clemson shows how good Alabama actually is. I'll explain that to you next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.